wow, do I have a show for you? This is going to be, this isn't kids play. This is all about the collective child. One of the hottest businesses online uh, retailers. We're going to come back to it in just a minute. But before we do that, let me tell you about my great friends at Liberty Tax. If you're a freelance worker, I'm sure about how your income is being taxed. Look no further. Try the professionals at Liberty Tax. 4,000 offices in the U.S. and Canada and thousands of professionals ready to help. And they will give you the most accurate return guaranteed. So visit LibertyTax.com or you call me and I'll put you directly in touch. That's how much I like these folks. We have a fantastic show today. All of our shows are good, but this is one I'm going to put up there as one of the top 10 of all times because I just had a blast with these young women, these professionals, Sandra McCarran and Emily Chastity. They have over 15 years combined fashion experience. They left Bloomingdale's, they left Vogue, and they went out and started their own company called The Collective Child. You want to order clothes for kids? This is the way to do it. It delivered to your door. Pick it out. You have stylists who pick out all the clothes. I am just so excited about how moms are using this, grandparents are using this, uh, dads are using this, and what a what two unbelievably just fun people. I can't wait to meet them in person. I'm going to go track them down in Brooklyn. That's how much I really enjoyed this show to learn more about them and what they're doing. And you, you follow this, this company called The Collective Child and listen in because you're going to hear why I think it's so successful. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, so first question I have to ask is why did you pick kids as opposed to other demographics to be able to sell products for? Yeah, well, it all came out of a personal need. Um, At the time we thought of starting this company, I was pregnant with my child and I realized that there's just this natural need for replenishment in the kids space, especially in apparel, because they grow so quickly in the first one to two years of life that you're constantly out shopping for them. And it seemed like the perfect thing to put on a subscription cadence. Yeah, we were pretty surprised that there wasn't anything out there for kids. We knew that there was something out there for women's and something for men's, but not a lot of competition in the space. And we, we saw it as a huge market opportunity. Yeah, I, well, I would think so, especially for kids. I mean, they got it. You got to buy clothes for them. You're always buying clothes. It seems like uh, we, we've become grandparents here recently, and we're always buying clothes. <laughs> For the grandbabies, <laughs> it's just something you do. I got to sign up for the subscription just so I can send stuff. You know? <laughs> it's nature's replenishment. <laughs> there you go. So tell me about the model. I, I, I didn't go on the website. I did I did go on the website, but I didn't look at the pricing. So what's the, I, I assume you got different plans, I can package different things. So tell me how it works first. So members sign up and they indicate their style and size preferences. And yep. stylists at the Collective Child will essentially um, do the rest, which means every month they receive an assortment of distinctive items. Um, and it'll be anywhere between 6 to 14 pieces, mm-hmm. depending on the customer preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, our price point to, our price point ranges between 15 and 100 but I would say on average we're about $45 per item. So we're definitely on the more contemporary side. Yeah, which, which makes sense, and I think that's the right thing. And then, of course, uh, the margins are a lot better when you have a lot more people buying and, uh, and when the item's a little bit more on the higher side than, than normal. 
But yours don't. Yours seem to be about middle of the road, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, we thought from a product standpoint, we thought that there was the, that was the biggest uh, opportunity in the U.S. There's certainly a lot of market for opening price point uh, mass pr- production, like Gap, for example. Uh, and then there's the higher end designer brands like Gucci, which is having quite a moment in the children's wear. Uh, market mm-hmm. as well, but there isn't really a lot in this middle bracket, and uh, Europe does a really fantastic job within that market segment. And so our idea was really to bring most of those brands here to the U.S. So, uh, so let me ask more about the model. Could I assume you're drop shipping this, or are you curating it in a big warehouse, packing, picking it, picking, packing it? And sending it? So we work like a traditional retailer. We we buy the product on a normal wholesaler cadence, and we send it to to our customers. Right. So you got a big warehouse of uh, of um, onesies and things like that. Then. <laughs> yeah, you're familiar with it. Yeah, a lot of onesies, a lot of onesies. Yeah, well, it's not because I wear them. I can tell you that. <laughs> Although I did threaten to get my office uh, those snuggies yesterday because one of my one of my offices they're always cold in the office, and everybody has blankets on their eat in the middle of the summer. They have blankets on them, and I'm going like, God, I'm going to buy you all snuggies. I, I just tell them to work harder, but that didn't go over very well. <laughs> so I I was curious though with the demo, and I figured that, you know I of course I I looked you up online. I was stalking you cyber as a cyber. Um, um, uh, media person, but in, and I figured, well, they kind of, I wonder because they, they're at that age, did they have kids and that's the reason they did it? Or, or was there something in the data that said, no, this is really good. This is better than serving, you know, 18 to 20, 27 year olds. This is a really good market for a repeat business. Did you, or, or was it really because, you know, one of you was pregnant and said, geez, we should be doing this? Uh, well, it's it was a little bit more than that. I mean, I think yeah. right now we're at this really special time where you have these late millennials and these Gen Xers who are coming into parenthood. And these are digitally native people. And they're having kids for the first time. And they're realizing that the products and services that they use for themselves are not being reflected in this new form of parenthood. So it's a really great space to start uh, to start a concept because there's no one out there speaking to the millennial mindset parent really you know but even beyond millennial mindset i i love the word digitally native as opposed to millennial mindset because i you know, here look i'm 57 years old but i am a millennial in a baby boomer product, <laughs> meaning i mean i buy like this i think like this i don't want to go out and do anything you know i give you a good example, um, and I'll talk about them a little bit later in my show, at the end of the show, but in Stitchu. So I have a, a private tailor. They mostly do everything online. And I used to go to a, a location, and I spent, you know, $2,500, $3,000, $5,000, for jackets and suits. Now I order everything online. I went to one of their showrooms, got measured only because they're here, but I could have done it online. And now I buy every single month, every single quarter, I buy custom-fitted clothes. We, t- we t- 100% yeah. we agree. This is why we, we typically use in our office millennial mindset because it, it really is a mindset and it, it's inclusive of many generations. We even have grandparents that are subscribers. So it's really talking to the, the I guess, those those that customer segment that really adapted to technology and understands the value of convenience. Yeah, I, I love the way you said even got grandparents. Don't give up on us, please. Don't give up on us. We got because we got more money. Okay, I'm just going to say that we got a lot more money. 
and uh, at disposable for us. Well, let me, the other thing that I thought was interesting was your background. One of you from Bloomingdale's. Which one was Bloomingdale's? I think that was. Yeah, Sandra. so I I grew up at, at Bloomingdale's. I was there for a little over seven years in the buying department, and it was really a fantastic education for me uh, in the in the retail industry. Their buying program is bar none to anything else that's out there. So I'm I'm very very grateful for for my experience there, and it really truly allowed me to launch this company. And I mean, we've, we've been mm-hmm. running it for two years and it's, it's growing steadily and it's profitable. And I don't think a lot of companies out there can, can state that. So. No. no, not at all. And so, and Emily, you came from both. Right? Yeah. So uh, the same amount of time that Sandra spent at Bloomingdale's, I at Vogue in the Condé Nast France division. So it was working in this publication mm-hmm. that's a little different than traditional American Vogue and that the, we were taking risks with luxury products. We were, you know, unafraid of putting things out there that are expensive and that are unique and special. And I kind of took all of that experience and just kind of focused it in on creating a really solid brand for our company and and not being afraid to to pull in some of these higher price, unique items for people in the U.S. So how do you guys, how did, first of all, how'd you meet? <laughs> we went to college together. Yeah, we've been, oh. we've been best friends for 13 years, and we've kind of always had very like complementary parallel careers. And it was just at that time, two or three years ago, where we were like, "This, this is an idea, and we have to do it because it's going to be a billion dollar idea." And and we started it. Yeah, I would think I, I'm going to guess that one of you kind of leans more to the product, and the other one leans a little bit more to the marketing and sales side, just because of your background. Is that is that the case? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, we we're definitely very uh, distinct in that sense, which which is what makes us really great partners. Yeah. I definitely handle a lot of a lot of the business end of the company, and Emily is a lot more product driven and a lot more focused on the branding of the company. And then with that, does there come, I'm just curious between the two of you, friends for a long, long time, has there been a little bit of tension from time to time? I think we, we, I mean, obviously there's, there's, it's like a marriage, right? So there's yeah. definitely ups and downs to every type of relationship, it's especially because we, we work very closely. We see each other more than we see our significant others. So yeah. it definitely comes with its challenges, but again, we, we feel, we feel like this is a really successful, let's say business marriage. We, we yeah. add very different strengths to the business and it's really allowed us to position ourselves and position the brand of the company to where it is right now. Um, and we're very, very proud of that. But that's awesome, and I think I'm, I applaud your success. Or you wouldn't be on the show, first of all. That's one. But second is because uh, we just we pick real winners, and we pick people that we think really are going to make it and longevity, and just got something cool. And I think you got something cool here. The, uh, not that you, not you need my validation. The validation you need is from your customers, and you seem to be getting that. And of course, your investors, which we'll talk about. But the, the, there are. I always find it interesting when two people come together, and I talk. I invest a lot in different companies and bought sold numerous companies in my career. And I, I always talk about when you have two partners that sometimes it's like a marriage, and you got ups and you got downs, and you're going to have fights. You're going to you're going to argue. Do you guys have like a safe word between the two of you? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> we do. We definitely do. <laughs> Yeah. Can I get imagined? I, I just kind of feel, but just just hearing both of you, there's every once in a while, it's like, "Hey, bitch, back off!" There's like, little, like 
We like banana. That's our word is banana. It's it's (laughs) non-confrontational and it really just gets the job done. And those heated conversations, if someone throws out banana, you just understand like, okay. She said, hey, would you like a banana split? (laughs) That would be the word, right? We used to use, when I was at Kodak and we did the Olympics, uh, we sponsored the Olympics. We were one of the, you know, major sponsor Olympics, $100 million a year we spent. And, and, and when I would go to the Olympics uh, as a chief marketing officer, we'd always have these guests. And we had guests like, we'd, you know, we'd bring in four or 500 people to come to the Olympics as customers and, and entertain them. And we always had to have a way of being able to deal with people who were a pain in the ass, right? <laughs> and, and so when our code word was when we'd be on the phone with each other, we have to call, like someone's complaining about their tickets, you know, even though, I mean, they're sitting in the same seat as the president of China, <laughs> You know, um, you know, I can't do much better to get you better seats. And the, our key word was Ethiopia. <laughs> you know, so we would always say something like, did you see the runner from Ethiopia yesterday in the marathon? You know, and, and depending on whether he was winning or losing meant the intensity of how bad that person was being an asshole. So there you go. So, so you guys got to use like, hey, you want banana on your cereals? You want a banana split? That could be your intensity level. Right there. Or do you need a bunch of banana? You need a, hey, bitch, you need a bunch of banana. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Anyway, there we go. You didn't, you, you probably have never been in a podcast like this This one, was, this was definitely new. <laughs> Good. Well, that's why, that's why we're number one in the business market. So, so, um. So what, I mean, do you, do you, sometimes when you do that, do you have to like step back and come back to it? Or do you, do you bring somebody else in to help you with those kinds of conflicts or, or has it never been that much of a conflict? You just, after a little while, you settle down and say, Hey, hey come on. I think it's kind of, as we've, as we've worked together every single day over the past couple of years, it's, it's certainly evolved. And I think if we would give advice, we'd say the first rule is like, don't bring anyone else into it. I mean, that's where you yeah. get into trouble. It's hard enough with two people. And the other rule is like, you have to always really be open to like o- over communicating in a sense, like really putting yourself in the other yeah. person's shoes, understanding their perspective, communicating your point, taking feelings and emotions out of it and just approach it from a super straightforward perspective. And then at the end of the day, yeah. when you're done working and you walk out of that office at like six or seven o'clock or sometimes midnight, you, you let it go and you're, you're friends outside the office. Yeah. I think our right. our biggest, for me at least, it's been the key word for our relationship has been listening. And it's not, there's a real art to listening. You really, really need to be open to the ideas and the thoughts and feelings and everything that comes with it. And it takes, listening takes a, a whole lot of work. And that's definitely been a big part of what we've worked on in, in our relationship and, and what's made us successful, I think. You guys are a lot nicer than my partners and I. We just punch each we just punch each other in the throat and then move on. Have a Honestly, sometimes you need to do that yeah. too. That's why that's why men men do those things a lot better than sometimes women do. I will say that. We're over here yeah. having a listening party. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, trust me, I am not having a listening party with Carl. You know, most of the conversations. By the but just like you two, it's kind of interesting. And by the way, my wife also works in my business too. Oh, so and we're yeah. co- totally complete opposites. And, and it, it, that, that gives itself its own challenges. Now, after 37 years of marriage, we kind of figure it out. But, uh, and she's my best friend too, on top of it. Uh, and, and I just realized, you know, with guys, I, look, I know me. I wouldn't be married to me. I'm an <laughs> asshole. So, you know, that's, that's what most guys are. So, 
as long as you understand that, you know, and you understand the place. But, you know, with Carl, though, most of the conversations start with every time he calls me is, is almost like you're not going to want to hear this, you know, because because of the way who we are, you know, he's grounded. He's an Ironman triathlete, uh, black and white. I mean, total black and white, uh, you know, uh, rarely smiles. You know, I just I'm joking. But and, and I'm the opposite. I'm a very I'm very much an optimistic. I can't see a deal that can't be done on the most part. And so it's opposite. Hey, let me take a break because I'm having so much fun. I, I went right by my seven minute mark. And uh, so I need to I need to take a break. And, and then I want to come back to both uh, Sandra and Emily and talk more about the collective child. But in the meantime, I want to talk about your health because we spend a lot of money in different ways and we invest in many unimportant things. But it's time that we start investing in ourselves. Our most valuable asset is ourselves. And in the business, you need to take care of that. So I really encourage my C-suites out there to check out Elytra Health. Now, it's E-L-I-T-R-A, Elytra Health. Visit ElytraHealth.com. You schedule an appointment. You go in, and these guys um, and gals, they pro- they probe you. They look at you. They take every test you can think known to science and, and to medical technology, and they run it on you and spend all day with you. And then at the end of the day, you spend a couple hours going through the test results right there on the spot with a doctor. And I get to meet with a dietitian, and I, meet, I even got a massage and a great breakfast and a great lunch. And, and it's right here in New York City. You get to come in. So fly into New York, spend the day with the docs and the nurses and the dietitians and the physiologists and everything else and get to know about the greatest asset, which is you and take care of it. Because, uh, you know, I want you to live a long life right there. So we're back with Sandra and Emily, the founders of The Collective Child. So my next question for you is what 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 did you find out that was different? You guys both came from big companies, okay? And now you're entrepreneurs. Oh, shit, right? So, like, what was the biggest adjustment that you had to make in moving from that big company to the, to the entrepreneurial side? Oh, that's a good question. Um, that's, that's why I ask it. It's, it's, I, this, is, this is my job. If I do a... <laughs> Go figure. Holy shit. I think, I think for me, the most exciting thing for me, I, I was dying to have accessibility to this, is just have an idea and then do it. it, it there is incredible, mm-hmm. yeah. incredible pleasure for me that comes from just executing an idea that I, that I want to execute. And there's not – I mean, I think sometimes in big companies, you spend so much time getting buy-in that uh, two things happen. The idea dilutes. uh, And second, by the time you take it to market, it's, it's, exactly, exactly. And that's, that's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that the retail industry is having. And so it was incredibly freeing to transition into a startup where I could easily execute the, the visions that, that Emily and I have, have had. And in terms of the challenges, I mean, obviously, you go from having a team that helps you execute to just executing it yourself. And obviously, that takes a lot more work. But the work, to me, was 10 times worth it. Yeah. Does, does that also cause you problems, though, sometimes? I mean, will you start off with an idea? I mean, there's a buddy of mine down in Atlanta who does some great consulting, 3CI Dunbarton, and he was talking about when he gets up and he starts talking about things, and the staff have started a list that says, shit, Don thinks of, and they put it on a board, and because he keeps coming up with so much stuff, but before they implement it, he has to say it at least twice. 
I feel like that is me. I am. (laughs) Yeah. This is the perfect example of how complementary we are. That Sandra's experiences, like being able to come and like have these ideas and then do them. And for me, coming from Vogue, it was like, oh, let's put an elephant in this photograph and someone else would do it. And now suddenly being in this scenario where it's our company, I'm like, oh, oh shit, I have to do those things. Like I have to limit the amount of creative ideas I have and really follow through on them and like produce the final product myself. That was certainly like the most interesting and yeah. uh, challenging for me. But yeah. Well, not to bitch. It's a bitch finding an elephant in Brooklyn, too. That's the other thing. So. At Vogue, you could do that. At, At Vogue, you could just yeah, shoot Vogue. those elephants all the time. Yeah, exactly. And when you say shoot, we don't, don't mean like oh my God, Trump shoot. No. We're talking about, yeah, yeah. We're talking about <laughs> photography. It's like, well, I got to tell you one time I got Kodak and these people. I got this bill for this photography session where they went to Africa to shoot the yeah. stuff. And I said, they put it's a camera that they put in a desert. I said, are you kidding me? Have you ever heard of Photoshop? <laughs> I said, why, why did we have to fly a crew? Anyway, side uh, note. I was like, are you yeah. So let me ask you, I, I, I know we're laughing, we're having a good time, and I'm having a real good time. We're going to do this more often. <laughs> the, the, um, what, I, the other question I have is that when you have partners, did you both sit down and have the, the real hard discussions? Okay. What happens if we don't get along? What happens if one of us dies? Then what? If, did you have those discussions at all? Or are you are you now starting to have them? I'm, I'm we, just curious. No, we had those sure pretty have pretty early on. I think Emily, yeah. Emily and I are, were pretty logical in that sense. And I, I th- we knew no matter how many years of friendship or family, we knew that it was important to get all of this stuff in writing. And it was it was obviously not easy conversations to have, but... No, we, never one of one of our lawyers. Um, he, he, I love him. He says uh, he calls it a lunatic list, oh. <laughs> yes. oh, and cool. he just said, "Think of the most absurd things that can happen, yeah. and write it right. down, and put it all in a document that you feel comfortable signing." Mm-hmm. And we did that. It took a lot of wine, but so we yes. we, so we did it. I think it's important to do that though in the beginning because once you set those, I think like. While you have this excitement and this energy to start this company and do it and build it, like get that out of the way first and like handle all of those decisions so you can really go back and like and build it out and know that there's these safety measures in case for whatever reason, like we we don't get along or if something happens to one of us, you know. But but it also gives you just a even not only you, but it gives your investors um, a greater sense of trust. But even amongst each other, I mean, because even no matter how much you love each other. Right. Yeah. If you have to have those conversations, like if I went to back to my wife and say, okay, now what happens if we get divorced? You know, that's probably, it, 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 there's a question of trust that we're going to have to cross there, right? Why are you asking me that? Yeah. You know, or, you know, so forth and so on. So I, I think it's kind of interesting for us to have those discussions early on. And I don't, I, I've never, I, I, it's always amazing to watch businesses who don't have that and then to have to deal with that later. It always bites you in their hand. Always yeah. bites you in their hand. I think also we we bootstrapped this company, obviously, when we launched it. So it was incredibly important. And we had, you know, we did friends and family around. So it was incredibly important to not only protect ourselves, but and protect our family members that had invested in the company. So you, you do it on, you do it for multiple reasons. How are you measuring your success now? So I always talk to these about conditions of satisfaction. You know, for me, it's about building wealth. Uh, that's how we keep score. Um, it's about having fun. It's about learning new things. 
you know, how are you measuring success for the two of you? You're, 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 you're um, I'm not trying to be patronizing, but you're young, you know, how are you measuring that? I mean, it's challenge. It's a challenging thing to do at a startup. It depends. I, you can do, I mean, we follow metrics as simple as like our sales, our customer acquisitions, like really simple things that people mm-hmm. think of when they think of a business success. And then we, we think of other things that are really important to us. Like, how is our brand ID received by our, our demographic? Like, are people talking about us? Like, are people like constantly wanting to give us exceptional positive feedback? Are we getting into rooms and having conversations with people who are people who we never thought we could be sitting down and talking to about this idea? You know, I think every day it's a different achievement where we push ourselves to like another level and we're like, okay, that's, that's success. Like that's success to us. Yeah. We're also so early on right now. We, I mean, we really see this as a billion dollar business and we're just at the infant stages. Um, no pun intended, but, uh, and so. Um, I think there's, there is constantly feeling like we're falling short because we have really big dreams for this company. And so um, that's definitely something that both of us struggle with a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you you wake up every day wanting to go into the office? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we eat, sleep, like we think about this company in the shop, like it's nonstop and we talk to each other. I mean, Emily and I, again, we were best friends before we were business partners, but it's hard to, we find ourselves talking about this all the time, but we, we love what we do. So it's, it doesn't take away from no, anything. I, although I do, I, you know, I'll give you this two, two cents. You have to find time where you don't talk about it too. Do you do, you do that? We, yeah. we have our, we have our, <laughs> our significant others have given us a lot of, uh, a lot of shit about that yeah. boundary. So we, yeah. Yeah. we take the time. Yeah, they, they use the word peaches, by the way. Peaches <laughs> is the word they use. Yeah. No, but you know, you have to have that. I mean, because I have, I have both of my children involved in the business. I've had other relatives oh, wow. involved in the business. The family and, and oh it, my God. Yeah, exactly. Well, but, but, but who better? Yeah. Who better? Yeah. You know, what a wonderful thing. I, I get to see and talk to my children every day. Oh. And, and now that's a, that's also a pain in the ass for them too. I get that. So, <laughs> the, the, but you have to learn that when you go home and you have a family dinner, it's a family dinner, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, are you do you find that difficult for you? I think it was in the beginning. Like when we first started, um, there was so much to do, and the infrastructure for the company wasn't yet built. It was all just an idea and a concept. So it was very much twenty four seven, three sixty five. And now I think as we're as we're getting older, and as the business is getting older, we're realizing more and more that sometimes the best most successful way to run this company is to, like you said, step away for a minute and mm. focus on your family and not think about it because sometimes that's where the, the best ideas and solutions come from. The, the other thing for entrepreneurs is, you know, you start off as, as one man bands or one woman bands, and then you, you add devout followers. So I'm sure you added team members that were just standing there when you were looking for somebody and, and they drank the Kool-Aid pretty quick. <laughs> But I would assume now as you're starting to grow to this level, and I don't know that your numbers, but I get a sense of listening to the conversation, having bought and sold over 250 business in my career, that that you got your head on straight when you're, when you're talking about the metrics, you're talking about KPIs, you're talking about the key things you have, that you've really started to add the, the professional folks in. Are you really looking for that stage now where you're, you're going, look, I don't have to be the person that makes this decision now? Yeah, I think this this year has been 
exactly focused on that, where we're really allowing other companies, other professionals to take on different products for us to to take on growth. And that's been a really rewarding part for me, especially because obviously my experience at Bloomingdale's was um, in in a huge part managerial. And so it's been really exciting to kind of take that on here and become mentors to, to people within the company here as well. So. What's been the biggest surprise for you two? I think f- fundraising has definitely been yeah, <laughs> as no surprise so, there, wow. but it is surprising mm-hmm. for us. <laughs> it's, 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 one, it's hard, and it never stops, right? Never. Yeah. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been very, very private about our company. We've been Our focus has been just, again, be, based on where the market is. It was important for us to kind of, keep our heads down and just focus on the operations of the company on building a brand market segment for the, and we've been very private about what stage we're in or where our growth has been. And so now we've kind of started this process and it's certainly, I think this has been the biggest surprise in terms of what the dynamics are, um, how the relationships work and um, getting our vision across. Mm-hmm. Although I would think there's going to be a lot of some people are going to be very interested. I mean, anyone that's invested like in Birchbox or all the different uh, subscription services would see you as a as a as a very um, you know complementary complementary type of technology and, and service as a re- as basically a retailer but online retailer. I would think that they that that's that's would be a primary list right there. Well, I think the challenge for us really will be I mean there's there's a lot of bubbles that have burst within the retail industry I think the VC market went into the retail segment in in a big way which is exciting because I think the retail market needed uh, new blood and and it, in terms of innovation and technology um, but obviously we're seeing a lot of uh, companies that were that overraised essentially and that were valued below below their raise money. And so I think that discourages a lot of investors from tapping into the retail industry. That being said, I mean, obviously we, we believe that this is, this is where the future is for retail. Um, and it's, it's a really, really great time to get your hands in retail. Yeah. I mean, this is better than diapers. I mean, diapers are pretty good, but, but meaning you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not like it's an ongoing supply. You got to give these kids some clothes. They're going to grow. Uh, they're going to poop and they're going to uh, grow. That's the two things. They're gonna yeah. Guarantee the yeah. And I think there's, but yeah, there's like a huge, there's a huge demand for fresh concepts and new innovative ways to consume product outside of a store or website. And so we believe that this is, this is the future. Yeah, well, without doubt, because you know, you get up in the as we say in the my age group, we got shoes older than you. So this is a, this is this one's turning over a lot more in terms of the marketplace. I got to tell you, this has been a pleasure having you guys on. I thank you so much for being a part of this, and I want to come back and know more about you and and hear more about your success over time. And uh, we're gonna have to have you back because this is good. This is rating up there as one of my top interviews where, where I had fun and I like to have fun. It's a big thing. Oh, wonderful. We did well, too. Yeah, this is really great. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for being a part of All Business right here on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on C-Suite Radio. 
Wow, did we learn a lot in that show? I'll tell you we did. I'm going to come back about what I learned in just a minute. But before I do that, I want to talk about, I mentioned them in the middle of the show and stitch you, my folks that didn't stitch you. They specialize in custom tailored menswear for the modern gentleman. That's not kids. This is for the adults now. This is for the men. Okay. Perfect fit guaranteed custom tailored suits starting at $4.99 and shirts at $89. And don't forget, use the code code C Suite C S U I T E N Y. You receive two free shirts when you spend $499. And if you need me, I'll put you directly in touch with them. But you go to institu.com, I N S T I T C H U. Sometimes I leave that T out of there. So, but they'll never leave the T out. They'll give you everything. They'll give you the full Monty. Hey, what did I learn? What did I learn today? Two best friends can have a great business if you think ahead and look at all the things you need to do. And I love the code word. We talked about the code word bananas because I think that's important for business, you know, uh, partners to have something every once in a while. You get in the heat of the moment. You both take a side. You're both right. Get me here, listen to me. You're both right. You're always right. All right. But you have just different opinions. So each of you have your own experience. You need to have a way to be able to break that and to be able to step back and then realize, hey, no one's going to die in this decision. And let's come back to it. So bananas is a great way of being able to put it. So I learned a lot about fruit today and I thought that was good. Hey, thanks so much. Speaking of code word, the code word is uh, subscribe. Subscribe. That's right. That's my code word for today. Don't forget to have all your friends, uh, let them know, let all your friends know about um, all business right here on C-Suite Radio. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you can find a podcast. You can just look us up on c-suiteradio.com and you'll find it. So subscribe to mine, subscribe to over 60 different podcasts that we have right here on the network and more growing and growing. So I don't want to time, you know, limit myself in terms of when you hear this. So absolutely don't forget us. Come and subscribe right here on All Business with Jeffrey This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.